Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Welcome back to Conversations with Z and Vindesh. And today's topic is Know Your Role. We're going to start a little bit philosophically. If you go back to the Vedas and the scriptures, there's this whole concept that we all exist in a cosmic drama. So it's almost like we're in a giant play. We have different roles that each of us takes on. And to succeed in life, we have to know what that role is, and we have to embody the essence of that role. It's almost like an actor in a movie. The successful actors, the ones who move us, who bring us to laughter or to tears, become the character. So they lose their sense of self outside of that movie, and we see them in whatever role they're trying to play. That becomes our reality. Similarly, in our lives, we have to know who we're trying to be, what that role is, and if we can define that role, we can succeed in whatever direction we want to move in. Now, Z, we brought this up because you were talking a bit about students that you work with and almost, in a sense, the difference between success and failure. So on the one hand, if we're working on health, you can give people prescriptions and you can say you need to do a certain amount of exercise, you need to do this five times a day, you need to watch your diet. If you do this, you can make changes, you can get your life back on track. And then if you look at what separates the people who are able to consistently follow that advice and bake it into the fabric of their lives versus the ones who maybe try it and forget about it or the ones who follow the instructions to the letter but don't really internalize the instructions. They don't change the way that they see themselves. There's a big difference in the outcomes. The ones who are able to take that to heart and play the role that you're describing as opposed to just doing the action, doing whatever you tell them to do, are able to succeed and progress a lot faster. So I wanted to explore this topic. As we talked about earlier, in your view, whatever you're doing in life, in order to succeed, you need that internal vision, that idea of what you want to be, what you want to become, and that guides your action. And then as you progress, maybe that idea changes. But there's always this guiding light in your life and you're always creating a role and stepping into that role. And if you do that, you can build a life with meaning. You can live in a way which has integrity and where your actions become a lot more purposeful and effective. So talk to us a little bit about that. What's been your experience in all the years that you've been teaching people? And what separates the people who can play the role from the ones who don't? Managing the roles we play and how we act out our role, then very important. When you are working with coworkers, you have a certain relationship dynamic. Are you the, the dreadful team member? Are you the linchpin, the enthusiast? Do you believe in the mission? Or are you the one that is just there for the ride? What is the role you play? If you're watching a movie of a, of a baseball team, there's the championship team and then there's the team that always loses. There's the Cinderella team. Uh, so you, you, when you go to work or when you're engaging with partners in a business, uh, what's the role you want to play? And that's what you'll get out of it. And whatever you do, be it relationships, be it 
uh, teamwork at, at, at your office or, or job, or even in the quiet intimacy of a relationship? Uh, are you playing the role of the hopeless romantic that even though you're there, it'll never work out? Then you take that to managing disease in your own body. Do you believe you can be well? Do you believe you can be healthy? Is that the role you play? Are you ready to face it? Are you that person that gets up and goes? I'm going to go up. I'm going to do my, my therapies. I'm going to do my treatments. I'm going to adjust my diet. And wow, that, that smoothie was bitter, but it's good for me, right? Uh, one of my little ones is like that. Uh, my my soon-to-be five-year-old, he'll drink whatever I drink. And his saying is, Oh, it tastes terrible, but it'll make you strong. And he drinks it enthusiastically. So he'll do a spinach and Udo's oil smoothie. You go, ah, going to have to wash it down, but I could feel my muscles growing. You see? So his attitude, the role he plays is at the, as, as that of the aspiring strong man. And thus you can see it. Anybody meets him and say, well, that kid is big and strong. And he discusses health and health treatments with you as a normal part of his, uh, his, his, his conversations in a day. Just a little kid. But because of that role that he plays, he's adapted and adjusted to it in the most wonderful way. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, I think what you're saying, it's interesting. We hear about this a lot in different contexts. So there's this idea of belief, and belief is extremely powerful. And there's a famous quote which says something like, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right, which speaks to whatever we think we're going to do or whatever we think the outcome is going to be, that's what we're going to experience. I think it also relates to flow. Uh, there's this whole concept of flow and the doer becoming the deed. So you become whatever you imagine. And the top athletes, or if you think about an archer who's intensely focused on hitting a target they're not separating themselves from the act of shooting the arrow. They become the arrow itself. And in becoming that, it transforms the experience. That's the role that they play. They're no longer just following instructions. They're actually internalizing the event that they want to create. So this idea has been around for, for a long time. And I think a lot of people conceptually buy into it. So I don't think you would find too many people who would disagree with having a positive attitude. A lot of people, if you ask them and you said, well, if you think you're going to fail, what's the outcome going to be? They'll probably say, yeah, it's not going to be that good. It's much better to go in feeling strong, feeling capable, and being whatever the outcome is that you want to affect. I think what happens, though, is that there's a breakdown along the way. And it's something like this. So we go through our life. We spend our entire life getting into a certain role. You talked about the role of being a failure or being a sad sack. That's been cultivated probably in some cases over 30 or 40 or 50 years. Or you have other people who perpetually feel like they're the victim, that whatever they do, they can do their best, but they're going to be cheated by life and something's going to steal or someone is going to take away what's rightfully theirs. And they always sabotage themselves. So if you instruct them and you say, well, you've got to play a different role, let's recognize the role you're playing, let's shift perspective. And instead of being the victim, be the person who can really take control, who can take ownership, who can be whatever you imagine. 
if you do that and then they go home and they say, okay, great, I'm going to think really positively, maybe for a day or two that works, but ultimately that old programming takes over. Because that programming, it's almost like a computer program. It works in the background. And until you rewrite that software or recreate the blueprint, you're going to get the same outcome. So how do you bridge that gap? Because when I think about it, I think the challenge people face sometimes is that they expect immediate change. They expect that they can just start thinking positively. They can undo all of the patterns that they've built up over 30 or 40 years, and they're going to experience some incredible transformation. Whereas, as we've talked about it, it's really more growing and maturing into a certain role. So you start with an idea of what you want to be, and you go from that idea to action. You take small steps. And as you take small steps, that role becomes more clear. You have a stronger vision of what you want to become. So there's this feedback process, number one, between the path that you're on and the role that you're playing. And that role is constantly changing. It's maturing. You're growing into it. You're adapting. It's really a process that can take some time. So help us understand, Z, how should people think about this? How do you start this process? What are reasonable expectations? And how long do you think someone should expect that this change is going to require? so that they don't start on this path and then feel like, oh, my God, I'm not getting immediate results. It's time to try something else. Well, Vin, I would start this way, and what I found that is helpful. For one, accept that it is not the destination but the journey. The process is far more important than the end results because the end results are born of a process. So going into it saying how long will it take is already defeating yourself. Time is a relative measure of mass, space, and distance. Time is not real, nor is it fixed. It's an arbitrary uh, marker, metric, that we've created. So surrender time and say, Let, let's get on this journey. Now, once you get in that state of mind where, where you're into the journey, then you go to some basic things that we learn from our actor and actress friends is character development. How do you develop the character? How do I develop the role? So there's role playing and character development based on a few things. Is it about your health? So are, can you get into the, the development of character of a healthy and well person? Because we know what it's like when a person's in the character of sickness. The character of the sick person. Oh, oh, I can't do this. Life is hard. It's over. Woe is me. It is so miserable. There's a way that that, uh, that character acts. There's, there's, there's a, a, a play, way that they present themselves. Oh, this day isn't worth it. Maybe something magical will happen and lift me out of this place. So that person is destined to suffer. Then you have the character within the environment they live in. Do they find themselves in a place where they're around inspiration, uplifting other healthy people? Or are you that person that maybe you overcome the disease in a moment of stress, despair, emergency, fear of death, but then as soon as you feel better, you go back to what you were doing before. So are you playing the fool? Is your character the fool, right? 
So if we can role play and do character development, we can then become that which we desire. It is difficult as far as if you want to use the word difficult. I like to use the word challenge. It's a challenge. We always are made better by our challenges. We're not, an also, we're not always made better by our difficulties, but we're always made better by challenges. You challenge yourself to be more fit. You become, even if you don't achieve your goals, you're better than you were. You challenge yourself to face demons or fear. Even if you don't beat them all, you're better off than you were had you not taken on the challenge. Very uh, beneficial to face your challenges. Knowing, going into it then, knowing that you're on another journey. Life is a journey. When you're done with that journey, life is over. The destination of life is death. So instead of rushing to the destination, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process. You are available to ever modify and change yourself in a positive way. Our challenges are there to build us up, to develop us, to allow us in this, this cosmic nanosecond of life to make that light upon the universe just for a moment. Every star you see in the sky is believed to be a burned out star and that that light is just now traveling across the cosmos and reaching us. We too are one of those lights and we exist in just a cosmic moment. So our opportunity is to face the challenge of living the, the, the most vibrant and brilliant moment we can. Our, as the Chinese say in Chinese, our Ming Shin, the, the, the brightness of our heart is something that we can encourage. And we do that mindfully by working on character development and playing our role. So we, again, you can work on the role. What is the role you want to play? And then how do you develop that character? The developing of the character, you look at your environment, your surroundings, the people you're around, what you're working through, and with the awareness of journey and process. The role that you play in the dynamic of that whole is your strength or your weakness, your abilities or your inabilities, all those you lay out in front of you. And the part you can be very optimistic about is in all this divine cinema of life, in this cosmic theater, you're the script writer of your own life. That's the good part of it. Yeah, I think this point about life being a journey and embracing that journey and slowly stepping into a character that, frankly, is never fully formed, it's always evolving, it's always being refined, is a beautiful way to put it because there's a certain majesty in that process. If you just focus on getting to a destination, even if you get to that destination, then what? What do you do the next day? As you said, Z, the only end to the journey is death. So if we commit to being alive and we commit to living vibrantly and fully, 
then we're always developing that character, refining that character, stepping into that character. Uh, but at the same time, even though the details aren't fully fleshed out, I think it's important to have a blueprint. And we've talked about this in the past. We've talked about your yantra, the blueprint of your life. What do you want to be? We've also talked about it in terms of the causal, the subtle and the gross. So the causal is really the feeling of what you want to become. The subtle becomes the idea of that. And then the gross is the manifestation. And we, also, we always have to make sure that we're operating at the level of the programming. So we're internalizing the right narratives. We're creating the right blueprint. We've got the right ideas at the causal level so that those feed into the subtle and those eventually feed into the gross. And that propels us forward. And it's perfectly fine if we want to change along the way uh, because, again, it's the journey. It's not the destination. We're going to learn. We're going to refine. We might be something ultimately that's totally different from what we imagined, and that's okay. As long as we're moving forward, we're evolving, and we're getting something out of the life that we're putting this energy into. I would say one other observation around how to actually do this practically how do you develop that blueprint of what you want to become? And how do you think about the steps along the way? You can think about mentors. You can think about other people who follow that path. You said this in some of our previous podcasts. You've got people that you want to emulate or you want to emulate certain aspects of their character. And that can help you flush out your own narrative and your own blueprint. And if I share a personal story, you've had a huge impact on me, Z. Uh, so some of the things I've been working on recently, I've been writing lyrics, I've been getting into hip-hop, I've been doing open mics, and this is something I've always written. Uh, I've written for the last 25 years, and I started writing more over the last few, and some of it was poetry, some of it was lyrics, and as we've discussed this, it's become more and more clear to me what I could eventually be or what this is turning into. So... I never thought of myself as a hip-hop artist, but you've thought of me that way. You've made that point very clear. So that changed my conception of myself. That gave me an idea. Oh, I can be something different than what I imagined. I'm a banker. I live in New York. What business do I have being a rapper? But you've given me some of that perspective. You've shifted the way that I think about my own life. And then you've helped me take steps along the way to flesh out that vision. So part of it is writing. Once I had the lyrics down, we had a conversation, and you told me that you talked to some of your friends about the work that I'd done. And the feedback was, yeah, it's great. The writing is fantastic. But now you've got to take ownership. You've got to make that a part of you. So go and perform it. Go get the message out. That was the next thing I did. And I'm up in front of an open mic, and I'm reading the things that I wrote, and it's a very liberating feeling. And then we talked some more, and you said, yeah, that's good. That's good. I like the way it sounded. But it's really got to become a part of you. So go up there without notes. Commit it to yourself. Let it come from the heart. And I tried that. And the last time I tried that, it was difficult. As we talked about, I've been doing public speaking for the last 20 years. I never get nervous in front of crowds. This was the first time in the past 20 years where I felt nervous. I was afraid that I was going to mess up, that I was going to say something wrong. And I stumbled a few times. But I got up there and I did it. And now in the week since I've done it, I've just got that set of lyrics going through my mind. And the way that I'm delivering it is evolving. And I can see myself with a microphone in my hand delivering things in a powerful way. 
I can see myself as a Tupac or a Biggie, maybe not exactly like that, but having the same impact, having the same power in the words and the story that I tell, even though the way that I deliver it might be different. My stage in life is a bit different. So it's not the exact same blueprint, but it's moving in that direction. And it's really a lot of fun. It's cool to see how this perspective on myself, this aspect of myself has almost materialized out of nothing. It's evolved in directions that I wouldn't have been able to see. But I think a lot of that has been working with you, working with some of the people you've introduced me to who can provide a model, provide a template, provide experience and suggestions to help me flesh out what the right track is. And the other thing which you said in some of our discussions, which I think is important, is it's not about someone telling you what to do. If someone just says, go and do this, and you don't buy into it, it doesn't become you, you're not going to listen. It's going to get annoying after a while. But if you're around people who can provide ideas and examples and help you craft your own vision, it becomes much more powerful because that becomes really a fundamental expression of yourself. Yeah, Vin, um, I, I, I feel good hearing you speak this way. And I hope that it is my hope in this life, that in the legacy of my life, that more, more people will say about their experience with me that their life was bettered by their encounter with me. Not everybody will say that, but I, it is my uh, hope and my efforts that I always encourage people to play their role, their role, not my role that I want them to play or someone else's role, but be you, do you in this life. And when you do that, it uplifts everyone else's life around you. When you're well, when you're true to yourself, when you find true fulfillment and reverence for this breath that you have, and you express it freely, you add to this life. And that is what I hope for everyone in the world, is that you can be yourself. And I know the challenge is to find yourself, to nurture yourself, to possess yourself, to own yourself, and then to achieve self-realization. It makes me think when you were talking about a story in the Vedas, and they said that the gods had convened. And they said, hey, we are the creators of all things. Let's make a creature that represents us, that is a symbol of our greatness. Let's design a creature in this dimension, in the temporal realm, that can show how great we are, that is a likeness of us. So each one of the gods that had convened in the meetings of the saints and the immortals offered something to create a being. They said, let's give it a body so that it can exist and multiply. and Let's give it arms and legs so it can work and move. Let's give it the ability to think. Let's give it all these things. So all of the convening gods created 
a human being. And the human being is lying there in some celestial laboratory. And they finally, after convening a, a cosmic day, which is a few hundred thousand years or so, the thing doesn't move. It's just sitting there, just lying there. And they review everything. They say, well, we gave it everything we could imagine that made it whole. It's whole, but it's not doing anything. And one of the lesser gods said, hey, I have an idea. They get out of here. We, we are the we are the greatest gods. We, we got this figured out. There's something we've forgotten. The lesser gods said, please, please, just if I could interrupt you for a minute. He says, well, what do you have to say? Can, can I give it something? He had a small something. And it was individuality. The God gave it individuality. The creature set up and said, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Who am I? And then I am. So until you can do that, you're just a thing. All of us are just a thing. Until we can say, I am, fill in the blank. That's the journey, then. And whatever challenges we face, it's under our feet and on our backs that we carry it. And that is the most beautiful thing. Because then we are truly living. So playing our role and getting into character is one of the ways that we achieve self-realization. Yeah, I don't know how much I can add to that, see, that's very well put. I'll offer my take on this. Owning yourself, owning an ability to express yourself is fundamental to existence. If you think about life and evolution, it's all a movement towards greater expression, greater multiplicity, greater complexity, and ironically, greater unity. So you can have greater complexity, greater individuality, but ultimately an understanding that we're all part of a greater whole. We can all coexist. And the beauty of life comes from the individual expression and that individual expression coalescing into something larger than so being able to understand who you are, what you can give, how you can fit in to this broader composite that represents our world and our humanity is just, in some sense, a definition of being. We can't live vitally. We can't feel good about ourselves unless we're doing that, unless we know what our role is. We're developing that role. We're refining it. I won't say perfecting it because we never get to perfection, but we're continually refining it, evolving it. And as we do so, we can achieve more and more. Uh, there's someone that I pay, pay attention to in the business world, uh, someone named Ray Dalio. And he's been a very successful person in the hedge fund world. So he's probably made $20 billion for himself. In some ways, he's revolutionized the way that people use data to make decisions. And so he started using data back in the 70s to analyze economic cycles and find relationships that could help him make money. Uh, so if debt is getting too high in a certain area, 
he can look at the relationship between debt and future growth, and he can also look at the relationship between that and the value of different stocks, bonds, currencies. And so he built an institution which was devoted to finding I think the truth, I was going to use the word truth. Truth is too ostentatious, but finding the best representation of reality that they could. So they're continuously evolving. They're very open and very transparent about what they're good at and what they're not. And they have the humility to say, we can always do better. We can criticize ourselves. We're not going to take it personally. And we're going to keep on moving forward. So he's internalized that role in the business world. And I think as he's gotten older, he wants to move on uh, from investing and help other people do what he's done. So he wrote a book called Principles, uh, which is his principles to work and to life and how you can be effective as an individual in whatever endeavor you're undertaking. So he put it this way, uh, that he almost thinks of life as a video game, that you start out in a certain area and it's almost like you're a ninja in a video game. So you're beating up the bad guys you're learning how to navigate the environment. You're acquiring more skill, more weaponry. And as soon as you master that level, you go on to the next level. And you've got a new set of challenges. And each time you have that new set of challenges, it's a new opportunity to develop yourself, to engage with the world, to push the boundaries of what you can do and what you can achieve. So in a sense, the way that he thinks about the world and about life is similar to what we're talking about. That role that we're talking about is constantly evolving. It's constantly expanding in terms of your influence, your skills, and your impact, and the journey is never done. And sometimes it doesn't go up in a straight line. Sometimes you face setbacks. Uh, sometimes you might go broke. Uh, he was on the verge of financial disaster a couple of times. But you persevere, and you keep on moving forward, and you keep on defining what that role is. And one thing that I think is critical, which maybe you can comment on, Z is this interaction between the idea slash the role and the action that you take or the path that you follow. So the way that I think about it is that there has to be a high degree of symbiosis between the two. You start with an image of what you want to be, and maybe if you're starting down a new path, it's very blurry. It's not that well-defined. But you take a few steps in that direction based on that image. And as you take a few steps, you gain some experience. You meet some people. Your idea about life, about what you can achieve, changes. So that refines the image, or it moves the image in a different direction. And with that new image, you take more action. And maybe your path changes, your path evolves. But there's this constant interplay and feedback between the image or the blueprint that you have and the action or the path that you're taking in life. And one of the reasons that people might fall down is that they just take action, and that action isn't tied to any vision it becomes meaningless action. It becomes random, and you end up going in circles. Or if you're on the other extreme, where you're just always thinking, you're always conceptualizing, but you're never doing, you might have all of these great ideas, but you live in your mind. You never achieve anything. You never evolve. So Z, talk a bit about the link between the two, between the blueprint and the action, and how those combine to really tell the story or flesh out the role that we're trying to live. Yeah, Vin, it's important to sometimes uh, microtize the segments of that blueprint. Again, tonight um, we're using the analogy of the divine theater, the cosmic theater. And there's this script 
and you are playing a particular role. You can't take the whole script and sit down there and master it and read it and then expect to perform it. You take small pieces of it. You rehearse it. You try it out. You work it out. Maybe you go back and edit it. It develops. You see how it plays with other characters. You learn more. You go deeper into it. You go a little further. You go further into the script. Then you look at what is the whole message we want to convey. Is it Forrest Gump or Saving Private Ryan? And who are you in all of that? And if you were to write your own Oscar-winning movie of your life, how would you want that adventure to play out? And then you have the different sections. You have the challenges, the highs, the low. You have the, the, the beginning and the end, the prologue and the epilogue. You have all these things going on. And with all those things going on, what simplifies it is you're writing the script. You're writing it. You look at your health and you look at how you got there. And you say, you know what? I'm going to achieve better health. And I'm going to face all these. This, it's going to be like a horror movie in the middle. And then I'm going to get through that horror movie. Then it's going to be a thriller. Then it's going to be a purely adventure movie. Then it's going to be a, a wonderful fairy tale. But I'm writing that because every time I write it, I learn about it. I put this blueprint down. I go and test it out. I test out my theories. I try a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I succeed at this and fail at that. But you know what? I'm continually moving forward. And all of it, success, failure, uh, trial, and error, all become part of just a wonderful story. And isn't that what we want? We just want to, to have a great story. A, a story worth reciting, worth telling. A story worth hearing, and maybe even a story worth remembering. But you're doing it. You're the scriptwriter of your life. You're the narrator of your own personal novel of the self. So that is what I could say I would share, and where I've seen people benefit greatly, as it they take, again, stewardship of how it turns out for them how it unfolds, more so importantly, how it unfolds. And as that story unfolds, you can make corrections. You've learned from the past. You move forward with the future, sometimes cautious yet deliberate, but always confident in knowing what you know, taking self-ownership and working from there, but also always leaving room to evolve, to correct, to cultivate, and to build a surprise ending if you'd like. It's all up to you. And then that part of your life is what you record as your life. We can affect everything in our life less the intervention of fate. Again, we can affect everything in our life less the intervention of fate. So what is the effect you want to have on your life? What is the surround sound? What is the uh, vibration? What is the energy? What is the theme song that you want? And that's what you work on. 
And if you take ownership of yourself, it allows you to manage, adjust, offer tolerance and boundaries between everything else out there so that you can design your position, your role. You can share in other people's struggles, but it's not your struggle. You can participate in many people's causes, but it's not your cause. They can share in yours, but it's yours. And with that comes the gift and the liability of self-ownership. Z, as we're talking about this, it's occurring to me that if we are to be successful building this character and stepping into this character, we have to approach the exercise with the right ideas and a certain courage and a certain humility. So as you've been talking about, number one, we need to accept that we're in charge of our own lives, that we craft our journey. As you put it, except for the intervention of fate, sure, we could go outside, a rock could fall on our head, we could die. Put that aside. We write our own story and we define what we want to become. So having that idea in mind is critical because if you don't believe that, you'll never get started. And then beyond that, so often we feel like we need to prove that we're a finished product, that we can't make mistakes or we have everything figured out. Whereas in reality, if we're going to do this successfully and we're committing to building a role and stepping into that role, we have to have the courage to take risks, the humility to accept that we don't have all the answers, the ability to move forward and even if we fall down or stumble a bit, to get back up and keep on persevering. So just keeping those ideas in mind as we go through this exercise is critical uh, because if we adopt some of the narratives that are more common, where people use being right as a way to validate themselves or to generate self-esteem, that becomes a very limited life. Sure, you can be right all the time if you never take any risk, if you never try anything new, if you never expand your boundaries. But then what kind of life is that? That's a form of living death. You're just passing time until your physical demise. So starting on this journey with the right ideas, I think, is critical. One other thing that we've talked about, which maybe you can expound on, you mentioned that there are certain people who really inspire you, and you think that their words have an ability to uplift a large section of humanity. Talk about some of the people. You mentioned the marathon runner specifically. Give us a sense of what that person said, what impact it had on you, and also how we can use people like that to build our own narrative and our own character. Earlier, Vin, I mentioned the story in the Vedas about how the gods created the human being. And I tie that into everyday life. We are the end results of many people's interventions. And the enlightened idea is that we often acknowledge and revere and show gratitude for those people so that we remember them, so that we fall into a constant state of bhakti or devotion. When I think of, as I share with you, the marathon runner, his simple words were that I'm a common man. I achieved an extraordinary thing because I was guided by my discipline and not my emotions. And I love just that one phrase is something I could put on my uh, 
my bathroom mirror every day when I get up and remember what he says. Whatever emotion I'm going through should not govern my life, but my discipline. The, the, the discipline means the disciple within. So then you go to your altar, and then on that altar are the pictures and the, and, and, and the remembrances and the devotional objects of people that you admire or people you've heard about, uh, saints that you've read about, uh, that, that you can model your life like the gods creating humanity. They, someone gave you your arms. Someone gave you your legs. Uh, my track coach taught me never to give up, to keep your word and show up. And that one lesson that applied at that moment in my life in track and field has shaped me to this day. So he gave me my legs. My martial arts teacher said through discipline, you can achieve whatever you imagine. The only thing that's limiting you is your imagination. And I was like, wow, so if you build the skill in your discipline, then there, you can go places you never thought. And, and my martial arts practice and study has carried me around the world more so than my scholarly claims, my academic achievements, anything. They've taken me everywhere and I'm known for those, not just abilities, but the friends I've made far beyond kicking and punching and jumping and so forth. Just the wonderful people I've met in my life that have supported uh, my ideas and my journey. So I have so many people that gave this thing human form. And so I remember them and I acknowledge them and in acknowledging them and showing gratitude and devotion, it is naturally humbling because you realize no one is self-made. And then you go deeper and you start to evaluate even the people that maybe were negative in your life, that weren't that good, were like the shit that you put on, for, on, on plants to allow them to grow. It's a great master told me, that you had to put shit on beautiful flowers to make them award-winning flowers. And for people to be beautiful, they have to go through something. They have to push through something. They have to turn those toxins into nutrients, be it someone belittling you or doubting you or whatever. When you take self-ownership, you start to master the language of self. People oftentimes talk about being successful. Success is an individual metric. No one can tell you when you are successful or not. You have to know when you are at peace with who you are, you are successful. If you look outside yourself for success, you will never achieve success. The same way applies to contentment is the greatest type of happiness. Can you just sit still and be happy right where you're at? Can you take an hour or two out of your day and say, I need nothing. I am successful and I am content. Even for a moment, because remember, life is moments strung together. Do you find yourself constantly say, if I had this or if I had that, I'd be happy? Well, you're going to constantly be doing that. If I had this girl or that guy or whatever it is, then I'd be happy. You'll never get that because you've created this story that it is always the unreachable, that you are the hopeless romantic. 
the hopeless pursuer of success. So part of the script is to define yourself, to use your language and your words in a way that nurture and support you. And remember, you is not outside of you. It is that individuality that has given you human character. Nurture your character. Guard your soul. Embrace others, but know the difference between them and you. Listen to the ideas and opinions of others. Take what is useful for you and throw the rest away. Because what works for them 100% may only work for you 50%. So take what you can, discard the rest, be true to yourself. Write your own script. Play your role in this theater of life so that it is a great story. And you define that. But in order for you to define that, first know yourself. Z, I think that's a beautiful way to put it. And a lot of the beauty is in the simplicity, which is write your own story, accept that which is helpful, reject everything else, live by your own standards. These are just things that we forget because we imbibe the popular narratives and we end up thinking of ourselves as hopeless or victims or incapable in whatever realm of life we're not able to succeed in. So I think what we've talked about, this idea of defining your role in life is critical. If we don't have a good sense of who we want to be, what we want to become, we end up wasting a lot of time. We run around in circles and our action just becomes less effective. We can do the same thing that someone else is doing, but if we don't believe in it, if we don't become it, it's not going to have the same impact. It's not going to have the same ability to transform us or affect the world around us. So make sure that you're clear on what that character is and then give your time excuse me give yourself time to step into that character. It's not an overnight process. It's something that evolves. There's a certain symbiosis between the path that we follow and the blueprint that we have in mind. Both are constantly changing. If we're patient with ourselves, if we accept our limitations, if we accept that we're going to fall down on our face sometimes, but we have the courage to do things anyway and to keep on going. And we really have the ability to sit still and reflect on who we, we want to be. We can define a great role for our lives. We can become that role. And we can live any way we want to live. We just need the conviction. We need the discipline. And we need the belief. That's right, Ben. And you're wrapping it up. Character development, man. Character development and playing that role. And also the ownership of the individual. We can't control other people. You can't please other people. They don't owe us anything. We don't owe them anything. And if we decide to share, to embrace, to gift, it's because it ben- it, it benefits us. And on my end, in closing with you, I, I think about something my son said to me one time, my eldest son. He came to me once and said, Dad, I'm so sorry. I'm not who you probably wanted me to be. And 
I feel like I've let you down because I owe you so much. You have done so much for me and I owe you so much. And I heard him say that and it was like a, a rock in my chest, a, a pain hit my chest. And I said, Kita, you don't owe me anything. He says, no, Dad, I owe you so much. I said, you owe me nothing. You never came into a contract with me when uh, you were in utero or when you were conceived and said, okay, here's our deal. I'm going to do this for you and you're going to do that for me. I said, for all the ups and downs that we've had and the challenges that we have faced, the good and the bad, you gave me, as a teacher told me once, you gave me the opportunity to challenge myself to be the best person I could be. And because of that challenge, I'm a better human being. So if anybody owes anybody anything, it's I that owe you. You turned out the way you turned out because you're you. And I'm glad to know you and I'm honored to be your dad. But free yourself from this idea of debt. You owe me nothing. I got to serve you. I got to be a better man. I learned those words from a great teacher whom I said something similar to. I felt that I had owed him for the things that he had done for me in life. And he told me something very similar. He said it was you who allowed me to be great because you were one of my great challenges. And in facing that challenge, overcoming that challenge, and helping you be a productive human being, I grew. So there's no, you don't owe me anything. And so I've used that and I've heard this from other great teachers that this idea that we owe other people something, anybody, anything. If we do something for someone, it's because it enriches us and our own humanity. If it doesn't enrich you and your humanity, then don't do it. You got me, Vin? Yeah, I got you. And I got to say, I feel really fortunate because I don't feel like I owe you shit. If anything, I hang out with your old ass and there's a debt in the other direction. So uh, glad that <laughs> you echo those ideas. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Good work, man. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.